Book 19 of The Iliad of Homer, rendered into English blank verse by Edward, Earl of Derby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Your reader, Michael Armenta. Argument The Reconciliation of Achilles and Agamemnon Thetis brings to her son the armor made by Vulcan. She preserves the body of his friend from corruption, and commands him to assemble the army, to declare his resentment at an end. Agamemnon and Achilles are solemnly reconciled. The speeches, presents, and ceremonies on that occasion. Achilles is with great difficulty persuaded to refrain from the battle till the troops have refreshed themselves by the advice of ulysses the presents are conveyed to the tent of achilles where briseis laments over the body of patroclus the hero obstinately refuses all repast and gives himself up to lamentations for his friend minerva descends to strengthen him by the order of jupiter he arms for the fight his appearance described. He addresses himself to his horses, and reproaches them with the death of Patroclus. One of them is miraculously endued with voice, and inspired to prophesy his fate. But the hero, not astonished by that prodigy, rushes with fury to the combat. The Thirtieth Day the scene is on the seashore. Now morn, in saffron robe, from the ocean stream ascending, light diffused o'er gods and men, as Thetis to the ships returning bore the gift of Vulcan. There her son she found, who o'er Patroclus hung in bitter grief, Around him mourned his comrades. In the midst she stood, and clasped his hand, as thus she spoke. Leave we, my son, though deep our grief, the dead. Here let him lie, since heaven hath doomed his fall. But thou, these arms receive, by Vulcan sent, fairer than e'er on mortal breast were born. The arms before Achilles, as she spoke, the goddess laid. Loud rang the wondrous work. With awe the Myrmidons beheld, nor dared affront the sight. But as Achilles gazed, more fiery burned his wrath. Beneath his brows his eyes like lightning flashed. With fierce delight he seized the glorious gift. And when his soul had feasted on the miracle of art, To Thetis thus his winged words addressed. Mother, the god hath given me arms indeed, Worthy a god, and such as mortal man could never forge. I go to arm me straight, 
yet fear i for menoetius's noble son lest in his spear inflicted wounds the flies may gender worms and desecrate the dead and life extinct corruption reach his flesh whom answered thus the silver-footed queen let not such fears my son disturb thy mind i will myself the swarms of flies disperse that on the flesh of slaughtered warriors prey and should he here remain a year complete still should his flesh be firm and fresh as now but thou to counsel call the chiefs of greece against the monarch agamemnon there the leader of the host abjure thy wrath then arm thee quickly and put on thy might her words with dauntless courage filled his breast she in patroclus's nostrils to preserve his flesh red nectar and ambrosia poured along the ocean beach achilles passed and loudly shouting called on all the chiefs then all who heretofore remained on board the steersmen who the vessel's rudders hold the very stewards that served the daily bread all to the assembly thronged when reappeared achilles from the fight so long withdrawn two noble chiefs two ministers of mars ulysses sage and valiant diomed appeared yet crippled by their grievous wounds their halting steps supporting with their spears and on the foremost seats their places took next followed agamemnon king of men he also wounded for antenor's son coan had stabbed him in the stubborn fight when all the greeks were closely thronged around up rose achilles swift of foot and said great son of atreus what hath been the gain to thee or me since heart-consuming strife hath fiercely raged between us for a girl who would to heaven had died by diane's shafts that day when from lyrnissus captured town i bore her off so had not many a greek bitten the bloody dust by hostile hands subdued while i in anger stood aloof great was the gain to troy but greeks methinks will long retain the memory of our feud yet pass we that and though our hearts be sore still let us school our angry spirits down my wrath i here abjure it is not meet it burn for ever unappeased do thou muster to battle straight the long-haired greeks that to the trojans once again opposed i may make trial if beside the ships they dare this night remain but he i ween will gladly rest his limbs who safe shall fly 
my spear escaping from the battlefield he said the well-grieved greeks rejoiced to hear his wrath abjured by peleus's godlike son and from his seat not standing in the midst thus to the assembly agamemnon spoke friends grecian heroes ministers of mars when one stands up to speak tis meet for all to lend a patient ear nor interrupt for in to practised speakers hard the task but in this vast assembly who can speak that all may hear the clearest voice must fail to peleus's son achilles i my mind will frankly open ye among yourselves impart the words i speak that all may know oft hath this matter been by greeks discussed and i their frequent censure have incurred yet was not i the cause but jove and fate and gloomy erinnes who combined to throw a strong delusion o'er my mind that day i robbed achilles of his lawful prize what could i do a goddess all o'erruled daughter of jove dread ate baleful power misleading all with lightest step she moves not on the earth but o'er the heads of men with blighting touch and many hath caused to err e'en jove the wisest deemed of gods and men in error she involved when juno's art by female stratagem the god deceived when in well-girdled thebes alcmena lay in travail of the might of hercules in boastful tone amid the gods he spoke hear all ye gods and all ye goddesses the words i speak the promptings of my soul this day lucina shall to light bring forth a child the future lord of all around of mortal men who trace to me their blood whom answered juno thus with deep deceit thou dost but feign nor wilt fulfil thy word come now olympian swear a solemn oath that he shall be the lord of all around who on this day shall be of woman born of mortal men who trace to thee their blood she said and jove the snare unseeing swore a solemn oath but found his error soon down from olympus's height she sped in haste to argos of achaea for the wife of sthenelus the son of perseus there she knew was seven months pregnant of a son whom though untimely born she brought to light staying meanwhile alcmena's labour pangs to saturn's son 
herself the tidings brought, and thus addressed him. Jove, the lightning's lord, I bring thee news. This day, a mighty man, by thee ordained to be the Argives' king, is born. Eurystheus, son of Sthenelus, the son of Perseus, issue of thy blood. Well worthy he to be the Argives' king. She said, keen sorrow deeply pierced his soul. Then Ate, by the glossy locks he seized in mighty wrath, and swore a solemn oath that to Olympus and the starry heaven she never should return, who all misleads. His arm then, whirling from the starry heaven, he flung her down to vex the affairs of men. Yet oft her fraud remembered he with groans, when by Eurystheus's hard commands he saw to servile tasks his noble son. So oft as Hector of the glancing helm beside the ships the Greeks to slaughter gave, back to my mind my former error came. I erred, for Jove my judgment took away. But friendly reconcilement now I seek, and tender costly presents. Then thyself uprouse thee, and excite the rest to arms, while I prepare the gifts, whate'er of late the sage Ulysses promised in thy tent, or if thou wilt, though eager for the fray, remain thou here a while, till from my ship my followers bring the gifts, that thou mayst see I make my offerings with no niggard hand. Whom answered thus Achilles, swift of foot. Most mighty Agamemnon, king of men, the gifts thou deemst befitting, tis for thee to give or to withhold. But now at once prepare we for the battle. Tis not meet on trivial pretexts here to waste our time, or idly loiter. Much remains to do. Again be seen Achilles in the van, scattering with brazen spear the Trojan ranks. And ye forget not man with man to fight. To whom in answer sage Ulysses thus. Brave as thou art, Achilles, godlike chief, yet fasting lead not forth the sons of Greece to fight the Trojans, for no little time will last the struggle when the serried ranks are once engaged in conflict, and the gods with equal courage either side inspire. But bid them, by the ships, of food and wine, wherein our strength and courage first partake, for none throughout the day till set of sun, fasting from food, may bear the toils of war. His spirit may still be eager for the fray, 
yet are his limbs by slow degrees weighed down himself by thirst and hunger worn his knees unable as he moves to bear his weight but he who first with food and wine refreshed all day maintains the combat with the foe his spirit retains unbroken and his limbs unwearied till both armies quit the field disperse then now the crowd and bid prepare the morning meal meantime to public view let agamemnon king of men display his costly gifts that all the greeks may see and that thy heart within thee melts with joy and there in full assembly let him swear a solemn oath that he hath ne'er approached the fair briseis's bed nor held with her such intercourse as man with woman holds be thou propitious and accept his oath then at a sumptuous banquet in his tent let him receive thee that thine honour due may nothing lack and so atrides thou shalt stand in sight of all men clear of blame for none can wonder that insulting speech should rouse the anger of a sceptred king to whom thus agamemnon king of men son of laertes i accept thy speech with cordial welcome all that thou hast said is well and wisely spoken for the oath i am prepared with willing mind to swear nor in the sight of heaven will be forsworn let then achilles here a while remain though eager for the fray ye too remain until the presence from my tent be brought and we our solemn compact ratify then this command upon thyself i lay that thou the noblest youths of all the greeks select and bid them from my vessel bear the gifts which to achilles yesternight we promised and withal the women bring and let talthybius through the host seek out a boar with sacrifice to jove and saul whom answered thus achilles swift of foot most mighty agamemnon king of men these matters to some future time were best deferred some hour of respite from the fight of rage less fiercely burning in my breast but slaughtered now they lie whom priam's son hector hath slain by jove to victory led ye bid us take our food if i might rule i would to battle lead the sons of greece unfed and fasting and at the set of sun our shame avenged an ample feast prepare till then nor food nor drink shall pass my lips my comrade slain who pierced with mortal wounds turned toward the doorway lies within my tent his mourning friends around while there he lies 
No thought have I for these, or aught beside, Save carnage, blood, and groans of dying men. To whom Ulysses, sage in counsel, thus, O son of Peleus, noblest of the Greeks, How far, Achilles, thou surpassest me In deeds of arms, I know, but thou must yield to me in counsel, for my years are more, and my experience greater far than thine. Then to my words incline a patient ear. Men soonest weary of battle, where the sword the bloodiest harvest reaps. The lightest crop of slaughter is where Jove inclines the scale, dispenser, at his will of human wars the greeks by fasting cannot mourn their dead for day by day successive numbers fall where were the respite then from ceaseless fast behooves us bury out of sight our dead stealing our hearts and weeping but a day and we the rest whom cruel war has spared should first with food and wine recruit our strength then girding on our arms the live-long day maintain the war unwearied then let none require a farther summons to the field and woe to him who loitering by the ships that summons hears but with united force against the trojans wake the furious war he said and called on noble nestor's sons on meges phileus's son meriones tossus and lycomedes creon's son and melanippus they together sought the mighty monarch agamemnon's tent soon as the word was given the work was done seven tripods brought they out the promised gifts twelve horses twenty cauldrons glittering bright seven women too well skilled in household cares with whom the eighth the fair briseis came ulysses led the way and with him brought ten talents full of gold the attendant youths the other presents bore and in the midst displayed before the assembly then uprose the monarch agamemnon by his side with voice of godlike power talthybius stood holding the victim then atrides drew the dagger ever hanging at his side close by the scabbard of his mighty sword and from the victim's head the bristles shore with hands uplifted then to jove he prayed while all around the greeks in silent stood listening decorous to the monarch's words as looking up to heaven he made his prayer be witness jove thou highest first of gods 
and sun and earth, and ye who vengeance wreak beneath the earth on souls of men forsworn, furies that never, or to love unchaste, soliciting or otherwise, my hand hath fair Briseis touched, but in my tent still pure and undefiled hath she remained and if in this i be forsworn may heaven with all the plagues afflict me due to those who sin by perjured oaths against the gods thus as he spoke across the victim's throat he drew the pitiless blade Talthybius then to hoary ocean's depths the carcass threw, food for the fishes. Then Achilles rose, and thus before the assembled Greeks he spoke. O father Jove, how dost thou lead astray our human judgments? Ne'er had Atreus's son my bosom filled with wrath, nor from my arms to his own loss against my will had torn the girl i loved but that the will of jove to death predestined many a valiant greek now to the meal anon renew the war this said the assembly he dismissed in haste the crowd dispersing to their several ships. Upon the gifts the warlike Myrmidons bestowed their care, and bore them to the ships. Of Peleus's godlike son, within the tent, they laid him down, and there the women placed, while to the drove the followers led the steeds. Briseis, fair as golden Venus, saw Patroclus lying, pierced with mortal wounds, within the tent, and with a bitter cry she flung her down upon the corpse, and tore her breast, her delicate neck, and beauteous cheeks, and, weeping, thus the lovely woman wailed, Patroclus, dearly loved of this sad heart. When last I left this tent, I left thee full of healthy life. Returning now, I find only thy lifeless corpse, thou prince of men. So sorrow, still on sorrow, heaped I bear. The husband of my youth, to whom my sire and honoured mother gave me, I beheld slain with the sword before the city walls. Three brothers, whom with me one mother bore, my dearly loved ones, all were doomed to death. Nor wouldst thou, when Achilles swift of foot my husband slew, and royal Mynes's town in ruin laid. Allow my tears to flow, but thou wouldst make me 
such was still thy speech the wedded wife of peleus's godlike son thou wouldst to thaia bear me in thy ship and there thyself amid the myrmidons would give my marriage feast then unconsoled i weep thy death my ever gentle friend weeping she spoke the women joined her wail patroclus's death the pretext for their tears but each in secret wept her private griefs around achilles thronged the elder men urging to eat but he with groans refused i pray you would you show your love dear friends ask me not now with food and drink to appease hunger or thirst a load of bitter grief weighs heavy on my soul till set of sun fasting i will remain and still endure at his word withdrew the two atridae and ulysses sage and nestor and idomeneus remained and aged phoenix to divert his grief but comfort none save in the bloody jaws of battle would he take by memory stirred he heaved a deep-drawn sigh as thus he spoke how oft hast thou ill-fated dearest friend here in this tent with eager zeal prepared the tempting meal whene'er the sons of greece in haste would arm them for the bloody fray now liest thou there while i for love of thee from food and drink before me placed refrain for ne'er shall i again such sorrow know not though i heard of aged peleus's death who now in thaia mourns with tender tears his absent son he on a foreign shore is warring in that hateful helen's cause no nor of his who now in skyros's isle is growing up if yet indeed he live young neoptolemus my godlike son my hope had been indeed that here in troy far from the plains of argos i alone was doomed to die and that to thaia thou returned in safety mightst my son convey from skyros home and show him all my wealth my spoils my slaves my lofty spacious house for peleus or to death methinks e'en now hath yielded or not far from death removed lives on in sorrow bowed by gloomy age expecting day by day the messenger who bears the mournful tidings of my death 
weeping, Achilles spoke, and with him wept the elders, each to fond remembrance moved of all that in his home himself had left. The son of Saturn, pitying, saw their grief, and Pallas thus with winged words addressed, my child dost thou a hero's cause forsake or does achilles claim no more thy care who sits in sorrow by the high proud ships mourning his comrade slain the others all partake the meal while he from food abstains then haste thee and with hunger lest he faint Drop nectar and ambrosia on his breast. His words fresh impulse gave to Pallas's zeal. Down like the long-winged falcon, shrill of voice, Through the clear sky she swooped, And while the Greeks armed for the fight, Achilles she approached and nectar and ambrosia on his breast distilled lest hunger should his strength subdue back to her mighty father's ample house returning as from out the ships they poured thick as the snowflakes that from heaven descend before the sky-born boreas's chilling blast so thick outpouring from the ships the stream of helmets polished bright and bossy shields and breastplates firmly braced and ashen spears their brightness flashed to heaven and laughed the earth beneath the brazen glare loud rang the tramp of armed men Achilles in the midst, the godlike chief, in dazzling arms arrayed. His teeth were gnashing audibly, his eye blazed with the light of fire. But in his heart was grief unbearable. With furious wrath he burned against the Trojans, as he donned the heavenly gifts, the work of Vulcan's hand first on his legs the well-wrought greaves he fixed fastened with silver clasps his breastplate next around his chest and o'er his shoulders flung his silver-studded sword with blade of brass then took his vast and weighty shield whence gleamed a light refulgent as the full-orbed moon or as to seamen o'er the wave is borne the watch-fire's light which high among the hills some shepherd kindles in his lonely fold as they reluctant by the stormy winds far from their friends are o'er the waters driven so from achilles's shield bright richly wrought the light was thrown the weighty helm he raised and placed it on his head 
the plumed helm shone like a star and waved the hairs of gold thick set by vulcan in the gleaming crest then all the arms achilles proved to know if well they fitted to his graceful limbs like wings they seemed to lift him from the ground last from its case he drew his father's spear long ponderous tough not one of all the greeks none save achilles's self could poise that spear the far-famed pelian ash which to his sire on pelion's summit felled to be the bane of mighty chiefs the centaur chiron gave with care automedon and alcimus the horses yoked with collars fair attached placed in their mouths the bits and passed the reins back to the well-built car automedon sprang on the car with shining lash in hand behind achilles came arrayed for war in arms all glittering as the gorgeous sun and loudly to his father's steeds he called xanthus and balius noble progeny of swift badarge now in other sort back to the grecian ranks in safety bear when he shall quit the field your charioteer nor leave him as ye left patroclus slain to whom in answer from beneath the yoke xanthus the noble horse with glancing feet bowing his head the while till all his mane down from the yoke band streaming reached the ground by juno white-armed queen with speech endued yes great achilles we this day again will bear thee safely but thy day of doom is nigh at hand nor we shall cause thy death but heaven's high will and fate's imperious power by no default of ours nor lack of speed the trojans stripped patroclus of his arms the mighty god fair-haired latona's son achieved his death and hector's victory gained our speed of foot may vie with zephyr's breeze deemed swiftest of the winds but thou art doomed to die by force combined of god and man he said his farther speech the furies stayed to whom in wrath achilles swift of foot xanthus why thus predict my coming fate it ill beseems thee well i know myself that i am fated here in troy to die far from my home and parents 
yet withal I cease not, till these Trojans from the fields before me fly. He said, and to the front his war-cry shouting urged his fiery steeds. End of Book 19